is magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy reader, energy healer, and spiritual coach. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> I feel like I sounded like an old lady, and I did just have my birthday, so. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, so this is where we usually check in. But wait, we're going to, instead, we're going to start by talking about a mistake I made in the Not last. Not just you. Well, I knew you were going to say that, but really, oh. I, well, I feel like I led this mistake and then Natasha kind of grudgingly went along with it. Anyway. Oh, wrong. <laughs> Not true. I told, I, I disagree. Well, okay, so in the last podcast, I was talking about how the people who stormed the Capitol were mentally ill or were not well. And after I said that, I like in the days after that, not immediately, but in the days after (laughs) that, I was like, that was not right. Like I knew I was tapping into that that's like that that it would be further stigmatizing mental illness, Mm. that it would be in some ways excusing that behavior. Like, Mm. but I I feel like there also I also wasn't completely clear on why all the reasons it wasn't right. Mm -hmm. But I knew I didn't feel good about it. And Mm -hmm. did you kind of feel that way too? Similarly. Yeah. Like I as I was saying mentally ill, I was like, I don't know if that is the right thing to say or if that's well, yeah you actually real. disagreed with me and then I like oh. tried to convince you I don't know if really? you remember that Boy, we can listen not re- listen that. to it again <laughs> oh okay <laughs> <laughs> this is this, that's why it was me but mm-hmm. luckily we had a really excellent uh, listener. listener a wonderful listener email us and this is her email it's it's really it helps shed light on exactly why it was a mistake so and also just I just want to say the reason we're reading it is not just um for that but just that it's helpful for everybody to hear very informative yes yeah. okay so this is from winter and she says i have to lovingly disagree with something that was said in the last podcast while i understand the struggle to put a label to the particular brand of fanaticism we have seen particular to trump supporters QAnon believers and frankly domestic terrorists i think calling them mentally ill is inaccurate and unhelpful i know that you're just trying to help they're just trying to find a way to have compassion for them, and I wholly believe there are ways to do that, but it isn't as simple and clear-cut as labeling them as mentally ill. As a mental health practitioner, I feel that it's so important to distinguish between extremist cult brainwashing indoctrination and mental illness. That was Those were slashes in between all of those. The reason it is so important is that there's a lot of fear around mental illness mental illness an unfair stigma that implies people with mental illness are dangerous and violent which is not the case for the vast majority of cases in fact many people are afraid to admit their symptoms because for example in movies and media people who hear voices are the villains or possessed must be killed etc you can only imagine the effect this has on children who can't really separate fact from fiction yet Extremism is certainly unhealthy, but it is a choice to a large extent. There are exceptions, such as being raised as a child in a cult or extremist fundamentalist religion, which I was. Extremism could lead to mental illness due to trauma, or people may be vulnerable to predation by cults and extremists because of mental illness, but in itself, extremism is not mental illness. 
I also want to note that most people, unless they are raised in that environment, brainwash themselves. I see it in my own family where my parents choose chose to become more and more extreme in their beliefs and only to consume very specific fundamentalist Christian media that would agree with their view of the world or even encourage them to become more extreme. Soon they are seeing everything with rose-tinted glasses, only maybe not so rosy. As much as I disagree with my parents' views and as illogical as they may seem, they aren't due to mental illness. Exactly why people are drawn into extremist thinking varies, but in my opinion can include disillusionment or negative experiences with certain groups, oppositional or antisocial tendencies, a need to feel special or important, feeling left out of regular society, etc. The reason people double down and stick to their wrong beliefs, no matter what, has a lot to do with cognitive dissonance, the need to align how they perceive reality with their internal beliefs. So a lot of denial and rationalization trying to make it all fit. We all do this to some extent, as cognitive dissonance is a coping mechanism to make it all make sense. If you have ever had a chance to change your mind about an important topic, you may have experienced this as an internal tug of war and have needed to be willing to accept that you may have wrong beliefs. The good news is, the more we practice being open to the possibility of being wrong, the easier it is to be flexible and break free from cognitive dissonance. Love you both. Keep doing what you're doing. Winter. Well, that was really helpful. Thank you so much, Winter. And yes, yeah, thank I you. I mean, in my memory, I feel like I was also saying that, and it is true, like, I mean, mental illness used to be... A, thought of as like oh you're crazy Mm -hmm. like you know when really it's just i feel like most people have (laughs) some some, in some way or another maybe yeah like even like extreme anxiety or whatever it is and there's no shame in it there's just no shame it's just like any other illness like right so i want to apologize okay well for what i said last week well well I mean, I maybe my memory is terrible. But well, I luckily like we have I... it recorded. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, hopefully this will be enlightening for people in some way or at least, you know, just um, affirming that there's absolutely nothing wrong with mental illness. I have a shirt that says therapy is cool. And it's one of my favorite shirts because I love to destigmatize therapy, especially as someone who's been in therapy yeah, you know, and on people and who, off for decades. People who are attracted to the magical spiritual path, we often do have mental illness in our family or something mm-hmm. that we're um, like we're extra sensitive or mm-hmm. just feel in some way, you know, like that and there's something good. that we need to heal. Maybe we have trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. It's all part of a way that you can have compassion with yourself and love yourself. And, and, and also so. a gift, quite frankly. I mean, the to be an empath, to to have um, the, you know, to to even, you know, we've talked about this before about how your trauma can be your gift that your trauma is often where, um, I mean, this is separate, maybe overlapping with mental illness, but your, your trauma can be where you grow the most and where you yeah. can, where you can, yeah, find your gift. And, um, I mean, certainly that's true for <clears throat> my own life, all the ways that I was traumatized, I am now, um, a better person for having learned how to grow and mm-hmm. love myself more through that experience. Yeah, I feel like a lot of my empath, uh, empathic tendencies and ways, uh, intuitive gifts, 
did come from trauma. You know, that yeah. it was like I needed to be able to read minds of the grownups in my life. I felt yeah. that made me feel more comfortable and safe. And now I can use it as a gift. That's right. Yeah, definitely. This was something that our guest actually next week, he'll be back. Luis Mojica, who we love so much, um, talks about how um, being an empath is often the result of trauma. Because mm-hmm. you, for exactly what you just said, you have to read the room, you have to feel what everybody's feeling in order to survive, mm-hmm. which is not the same thing as empathy. I mean, you can be an empath and not have empathy, which is something else and a whole other topic anyway <laughs> thanks for <laughs> for reading that and for your apology and i'm apologizing too because i feel it and it's this is also i feel like really important um and it's something that i'm working on again as a result of how i grew up where i was taught that if i made a mistake or if i wasn't perfect that i was i was rejected you know, I was abandoned if I wasn't absolutely performing at my best, whatever that means, best, quote unquote. Um, so that's it's a big deal for me personally to be like, oh, wait a minute. OK, you know what? I made a mistake. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry. OK. So, well, yeah. And I, I think I hope uh, that our listeners feel like if you hear us say something that offends you or that you think is wrong if you want to let us know I think that's a good idea I I always want to learn yeah yeah okay so aside from that how was your week it was good it was interesting I mean so let's talk about the cards because I did last week I drew for the for this last week I drew chrysanthemum which is light in the darkness Mm. which is like part of that it could be shadow work which i think is what i assumed it would be but it could also be um like shedding light on a mystery like going deeper into something or going deeper into something that you um haven't wanted to go deeper into and i did do that in a number of ways this week like i did yeah like i did i did discover like i had realizations about myself but also like I just I studied things like it went really deeply into learning details about various things. And I like mm. in my job, in my like for fun, like I just I did. I did a lot of like sort of detective work this week. Mm. What about you? Detective work. That's yeah. Fun. Yeah. Or just like something kind of maybe technical that I about my job that I needed to like learn. Like, mm. I don't know. I just had patience for creating more clarity this week. Oh. That we we're going to be doing a um, Zoom murder mystery. Oh right, <laughs> there will be a detective. Maybe oh, that's right. part of the current. Cur- what is the flower? Cur- oh, I chrysanthemum. Thank you, chrysanthemum. I totally lost how to say that word. Um, for me, um, it was, and we. I also picked Archangel Raphael. I think right. Yeah, which is like a, <laughs> a nice guy. Yeah, healing guy. Um, yeah, I had it was a it was a very good week. I well, let me put it this way: I learned. I am also learning. Like I'm doing a lot of clearing out of what and and of what isn't serving me anymore, and really feeling good about being like, oh, you know what? I don't have to say yes to something that I don't want to say yes yeah. to. And, um, and really coming, realizing like how powerful 
saying no to things actually <laughs> that's another way not saying yes is mm-hmm. saying no yeah um to things that aren't serving me and that really does open up your my your energy and it it's op- it opens up your energy for what you really want to it's like it creates a vacuum for here oh okay then here mm-hmm. you go here's what what does serve you into yeah. your life and totally yeah so it's been that's something that I've been and revisiting and also just how like when you grow when well I'll speak for myself growing up with someone who I couldn't say no to it brings a lot of um energy with it like it kind of brings up that old energy of childhood when I'm saying no to something that I know will disappoint people for instance you Mm -hmm. know because that's how it was with my mother um but so it's pretty powerful to be like, oh, you know what? I don't have to live by that old paradigm anymore. Yeah. So, Good. Yeah, so that was healing and stuff. shadow work. Yeah, it was both for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, well, we'll talk about this in the energy report that it's Mercury retrograde starts today. Yeah, today when we're recording, but when this comes oh, yeah, out sorry. two days after yeah, that. That's right. Um, and oh, you know and what? today is in bulk for you guys. Oh. The day this oh, comes right, out right, right. is oh, in bulk, yeah, the pagan holiday. Nice. Yeah. Happy in bulk. <laughs> um, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I was, well, you know what? I'm going to talk about Mercury retrograde a little bit more when we go to the energy report. So that's all I'll say about that for now. Okay. So now what shall we talk about? <laughs> well, I would like to talk about uh, that I am going to be reopening the Good Vibe Tribe Online School of Magical Arts Ooh. very soon. Once again, I don't ha- I'm not committing to any particular date, oh. <laughs> but <laughs> within fe- sometime in February for sure. So if you go to TessWhitehurst.com, then you can click on Good Vibe Tribe Online School of Magical Arts. You can learn about it, and then you can get on the waiting list. So as soon as it opens, you can try a month for free. And you'll love it. Yeah, it's great. The community is amazing. There's a Facebook group that is so supportive. And every Tuesday we do live Mm -hmm. web chats and rituals. And it's just a really beautiful group. Yeah, it's real. And you'll learn a lot. And it's great energy. Thank you. Um, And for me, you can go, if you're interested in my inner child healing work, which I talk about a lot, I will be doing my class again at the end of February. Mine starts at the very end of February. And if you get on the waiting list, the waiting list is the only place I'm doing a um, early bird discount. So, and I'm going to be opening that. It's just going to be for like a few days. You can sign up for it. And I think... I won't commit, but it's probably going to be in the next week, week and a half. So if you're interested in that, you can just go to my website, highestlighthealing.com and click on the classes in the inner child healing. Or there may even be a button at this point. There's probably a button on the homepage. You can just sign right up for it. And this time I'm adding a whole class on the inner critic and shadow work yeah I've had my guides have been giving me lots of downloads about how to deal with the inner critic and it's been so interesting so I'm really excited to share that in that class lots of tools and tips for for that and of course connecting to your inner child and if you would like to 
ask us a question, you can go to magicmondaypodcast.com um, and there's an ask, a, ask us a question button or you can call us at 828-333-7181-828-333-7181. Tonight, Tess and I are going to be doing a Zoom murder mystery and I'll be doing a Yorkshire accent. Oh, I was going to try to do an upper class British accent, but I just like mm. two years of acting school did not help me to do a British accent correctly. No. So I'm not, I don't have high hopes, but I will watch YouTube No, you should YouTube do videos. it though. You should do it anyway, because my yeah. accent's not going to be good. Mine's going to be terrible, but I am going to do That's it anyway. That's what's great about it. Um, I have, they did tell me it's not cut, it's coot, coot. Oh, so I'm going to try to talk about cooting things. No, that didn't sound right. Anyway. Um, would it be like cooting if it was coot. cockney? Oh, you cockney, say but I'm from you. <laughs> oh, you're Yorkshire, not cockney. I'm yeah, Yorkshire. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll figure it out. I know um, you guys are all really interested in this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's We're still in the pandemic. I don't know if anyone noticed, but so this is why I'm doing it over Zoom this year. And also, yep. I was just saying, maybe people are interested in finding ways to entertain themselves and yeah. their friends. Like doing a murder mystery dinner yeah. on just do it on it's Zoom the, for your birthday. It'll be fun. Um, anything else before we get to the quests? Uh, no. Great. Okay. So we're actually going to answer questions from the Baby Witch subreddit. Which is, um, you know, a subreddit for <laughs> baby witches. <laughs> um, so, hi, uh, new listeners from there. Um, so, the first question is, how do you substitute herbs if you don't have or can't afford the right ones in a spell? I'm guessing. Would you like okay, to so, that? yeah. I will say that herbs are pretty affordable. So in most cases, mm. you can probably afford, if, if there's a bulk herb place where you can go and get just a tiny, teeny, tiny bit, um, mm -hmm. they're usually pretty. I mean, when I first started practicing magic, I had very, very little money, very, a frighteningly small amount of money. <laughs> and Shockingly herbs, small. <laughs> but herbs were something I could always afford mm. because there were some bulk herb uh, places in my neighborhood mm. um, but that being said I still sometimes substitute because sometimes I don't want to go buy herbs um, and, and you can with spells intuitive intuitively choose this as long as like just be careful because you don't want to substitute like you know something that is toxic if you're going to drink it or rub it on your skin or something mm. like that so yeah. it, it it's real like you can just trust your intuition if it's going in a charm or something where you don't have to worry about its toxicity like i'm thinking of penny royal like very rarely are bulk herbs going to be toxic but sometimes yeah. they are or sometimes mm -hmm. they might like bother your skin or something so mm -hmm. be aware of all that stuff but you can just tune in because like for example like if it's a kind of mint if it's spearmint mm -hmm. then maybe peppermint would mm -hmm. be a good mm -hmm. substitution or if it's like a, a sensual flower like jasmine like if it's mm -hmm. an essential oil like jasmine and lang, mm -hmm. lang to me those are really similar mm -hmm. um tuberose it's like those kind mm -hmm. of sweet White. Those are my two favorite scents, tuberose yeah. and jasmine. Yeah, they're very similar and they have that sensual energy. But this can be a part of your um, 
a part of becoming more connected mm. to energy because yeah. you can tap in. It's cool if you can start to cultivate a relationship with the actual growing plants. Like when um, when you can, like in a season when you can visit some growing herbs like at a botanical garden or an herb garden or a nursery or something Mm -hmm. when you start to get a relationship with flowers and plants that are growing then you can like kind of intuitively sense how you want to substitute one um, Mm. plant for another like oh yeah that has a similar vibration or you know this spell calls for this one herb but I'm going to use this one because it's a little different in a way that I like like Mm -hmm. maybe it's like yeah it it brings in abundance in a different way or something yeah like maybe whoever wrote the spell like they said to use this certain one but you're feeling drawn to another one yeah and you can trust your intuition yeah, it'll still work. I mean, and then you can use books, too, to kind of see, to help you learn. Like, I feel like when you're first starting to get the hang of herb and plant magic, that can be mm-hmm. helpful to kind of give you a little hint, like yeah. someone introducing a person to you. But then over time, having your own relationship with them. Like, you can start out by being yeah. like, okay, Scott Cunningham says that this herb is like cleansing and it's good for romance and then you can go like oh yeah I can kind of feel that when I smell it when I look at it Mm. when I feel its vibration Mm -hmm. and then from there you start to get your own relationship with herbs but intuitively it's pretty safe to substitute one herb for another because it is your magic is about intention I was just gonna say it also reminds me how you're talking of like when you first using when you're first using tarot like first you want you always like I don't know I always like would check the yeah you know the goog check the googs and be like oh what does this mean <laughs> the <googs. laughs> like oh and uh, the first on whenever you check a tarot card on on google the first one's always biddy tarot which I do love that site um but at first it's like always like check it and then after a while it's like oh wait I can trust my intuition what do I feel from this card right now and that is always going to be right over what somebody else says yeah and even sometimes like to switch that um order like when I do a tarot reading I like to I mean at this point but I think even when you're a baby witch to (coughs) Mm -hmm. start by gazing at the image or or the herb like oh what is my personal feeling and then oh let me go look at a book or let me see what other people say yeah yeah no I was saying in the beginning that's what I did and Mm -hmm. now yeah I agree with you um that that's a great practice yeah um to check with yourself first and then you can see like but even if it says something totally different than your intuition uh, go with your intuition Mm-hmm. And it is a really great, great way to get, yeah, be, I was just going to say it's a great way to get to know herbs, great way to get to know like tarot, whatever, is to first start with that, with mm-hmm. that, and with your intention, how you're feeling, what is my intuition telling me here? Yeah, I remember when I first started practicing magic, I loved herbs so, I mean, I still love herbs, but I remember like wanting to have a little bit of every herb. Now Mm, now I don't. It's like if I need a certain herb for something, I'll get it or I'll substitute something or whatever. But I wanted to have all of them. And I remember just like, oh, this is Vervain. Oh, this is is what (laughs) they look like in the little baggie. And then like loving to go to a botanical garden and see them growing. It's a really fun journey to get to know all that. Yeah. And plants and stuff. Um, And 
I wonder if this is also kind of a similar question um, Charlotte asked. When, when and how do you start working with deities, gods, etc.? Yeah, so um, whenever you intuitively feel guided, then you can start working with deities. Yeah. Actually, today my Practical Magic segment is going mm. to be about working with a deity, Perfect. specifically the goddess breed, because it's in bulk. In bulk, yeah. Start today and start today. That's when you can start, um, you can Charlotte. Start today. Yeah, but I mean, it's like if you feel intuitively guided to work with a specific deity, then that's great. You start to learn about them. Um, you can also like sometimes I like to tap into like, OK, I want to do a ritual for this. And then I, I sometimes will kind of sense like, oh, I, I feel like there's maybe a deity that I want to invoke. Mm. And I have this really great book. I was actually going to read from it today later. Yeah. It's called Encyclopedia of Spirits by Judica Ooh, Isles. That sounds great. It's a great book. It's, a, it's an encyclopedia. It's just very um, comprehensive. And I like, sometimes I like learning about, like I'll use my pendulum and find a deity that wants to work, that I feel like guided to work with for a specific purpose. Um, but often it will be like I'll have learned about certain deities over the years and they'll be like, oh, this, this, I'm going to call on this divinity. Like, for example, I'm thinking of Forseti, the Norse god of justice, who mm -hmm. I have on my site. I talk about invoking him for justice. Like if you're, mm -hmm. you have a court case and you... Um, and you're in the right, you know, you don't want to do a court, you don't, you don't want to do court case magic if you are going to not be, if, you, if you're not in integrity, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. you want to like. You don't want to do anything if you're not in integrity. Yeah, you always want to be in integrity. But so yeah. Forseti, I, I guess I'm thinking of Forseti because I don't think there's a whole lot of information out there about Forseti, but I can mm. tap into his like this real swift justice energy when not just his oh, name that's to cool. me yeah, yeah i feel that too you, you know what i mean that. yes <laughs> yeah. yeah so like divinities have you can think of their name you can think of their essence you can learn about them but then you can also like open up your channel to feel like oh what does it feel like when i connect with that divinity and and I think of this as being um, like archetypal a lot, like mm -hmm. because when we work magic, we're tapping into our divine self. We're tapping into the aspect of us that yeah. is one with everything. So this is a way of kind of putting your telescope on a certain divine aspect, divine strength, mm. divine wisdom, divine power, and then invoking that, bringing that into you, bringing that into your experience. Or it's even like, like awakening that part of you that's already yeah, there. Exactly. Because yeah. we're all, we're one with everything. So exactly. this is like, and that to me, that's angel work too. The, it, it, mm -hmm. It's a little different because I feel like angels are these clear channels, like very, very close to the, to infinity. They're mm -hmm. like these really clear sort of rays of that light. Yeah. And I feel like deities and divinities are similar, but they're a little in a way often closer to the human experience, like a little mm. bit more than mm -hmm. angels. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't work with them because I just have my own. Um, I work with angels and my guides, um, which are very, which is a different, yeah, energy. I feel like I'm, because we've talked about this before, but I'm less earthy than you. So I tend to work with <clears throat> the I don't know how else to put yeah, it. Yeah, like the 
cos yeah. more cosmic, like yeah. closer to the yes. infinity. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I work with. And so just so I mean, I so your answer is great and perfect for that question. And I would just say as far as the when is when it, if you have an instinct, then it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't ever have to. Like no, you, maybe it never not. will resonate with you and you always just want to work with the elements or you want to mm-hmm. work with infinity or you want to work with the goddess or the god and goddess like that, whatever, however you feel inspired and tuned in, whatever feels authentic to you. That's, that's right. great. And it may be like there have been whole like periods of time where I work with a certain divinity or a group of divinities and mm-hmm. then that'll shift like oh now I'm gonna, I'm going to release those statues I'm going to give those away to my friend mm-hmm. and I'm going to bring in another image and work with this deity and it mm-hmm. and I think some pagans some witches really prefer to have like a a patron someone they work with throughout their life mm-hmm. to me I feel like it's a sort of a symbol of it's not like I'm abandoning them because they're all yeah. aspects of the one exactly. it's just like these are the es- this is the essence right now that I'm wanting to bring in I'm wanting to learn about I'm wanting to embody yeah and yeah like for me I work I have my one set of guides that I've worked with you know for two decades now and then um, in the last couple of years, I've been doing the Merca med- meditation and there is like a new set of guides, um, mm-hmm. beings. They're like starlighty kind of beings. Um, or I'm not actually, they're, they're from some part of the galaxy. <laughs> 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 we, I'm not great. I'm not great with direction. So... <laughs> I know how to find them. And, um, but anyway, so that's who I work with. And yeah, I don't work with deities, gods, but yeah, whatever you're doing is great as long as it feels good. If it ever doesn't feel good, then you let it go and you know mm-hmm. you're not working with ones that are supporting you. You always, the main point is you always want to feel supported, uplifted, encouraged, more of yourself, mm-hmm. um, lighter. If you ever feel heavier, then, then you let it go like, oh, no, that's not something I want to work with. Mm-hmm. And then invite in light. Yeah. Um, okay, last question is, um, she sa- or they say, um, I've been wondering how do people know if their spells work or not? A lot of the advice I see about spells and protection items slash rituals all seem to focus heavily on the intention of the user. Is there any way to know for sure if a spell or protection worked? Or is it all just how the witch p- performing these actions feels? And she said, I'm a new witch, so sorry if this is a stupid question. And it certainly not is not. stupid. Not at all. Um, well, I mean, I feel like it, it works um, if you <laughs> feel, well, if it's a protection spell, it works if you feel protected. If you, you know, whatever it is that you're protecting against, um, you're not feeling them in your space, maybe, if that's yeah. what it is, or um, if you're, um, I don't know, when do you need protection? Like you want somebody out of your space or you want someone not bothering you or something. Like if um, you're in a crowd, for I just wrote a book about protection magic. That oh, would be one time that perfect. like as an empath, I definitely need protection when I'm in a crowd. Right. And um, so I feel that it works when I don't feel overwhelmed, when yes. I feel safe, I feel like I'm in my own energy. It, I think right. protection magic, that is a good way to think of it is how do you feel? Do you feel safe? Yes. Then you, you know. F- yeah, exactly. That it worked. And if is you, this so? I'm assuming mm-hmm. she's at, he, she, they is asking um, 
about like right after you perform it not I, not like yes. over time because over time if you know you do a money spell and the money comes to you the, then the spell then worked. you know <laughs> right exactly that's so what that, i was saying like if you know the spells work if if you receive the answer or whatever yeah it is then you'll know it works but is it that the question is like right after you perform i don't it, know i didn't say Oh, okay. Um, well, often yeah. I would say intuitively you will you'll learn over time that you can kind of feel like, oh yeah, I I like I said that emotion, you know. Yes. Especially when you learn to let go, like that's part of the spell. You know, that's the, that's often when you release the circle, so or when you open the circle after the spell, mm-hmm. um, or when you just end the spell if you don't didn't cast a circle, you kind of like let that energy go. And that and and if you are able to effectively let it go and there's also this aspect of kind of letting go also of the outcome. Yeah. Kinda. Well, yeah. And that's what I was going to say is the big part, I think, of this question is there's some holding on, like you. That's a, the most important part is the letting go. If you're mm-hmm. going to hold on and it's very tempting and very human and very normal to be like, well, did it work? <laughs> but especially if we're talking about protection, if you're in fear of that, that's not a good place to be. You want to release that fear, release, like just be in your knowing. Um, that's how if you're if you're holding on, <clears throat> you're not allowing room for it to come to you if it's something you're trying to create. So energetically, uh, something that might help just so to describe this dynamic because it is an invisible dynamic. I like to think of it as if you imagine metaphorically the spell is like writing a letter and putting it in an envelope, then the releasing part of the spell, that the final aspect of the spell is putting the envelope in a mailbox. You let yeah. go of it. Yeah. So now it goes where it needs to go. You don't have to know. You don't have to know how the mail carriers are taking it there. But you just, you did your part. You put it in the mailbox. You addressed it. You put a stamp on it. You put it in the mailbox. So yeah. that's how you think about letting it go energetically. Yeah. And if you, um, like if it doesn't work or something like that, then you can go back and rework it like okay what did I do here was I not trusting enough or maybe I want to readjust this part of it that didn't like align with my intuition like going back to the herbs say you you know what that herb didn't feel right to me even though the book said to do it let me think maybe I feel more aligned with this herb you know that kind of thing yeah or maybe like I don't believe I deserve this well yeah that's much deeper Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, with all, of course, come on, Tess. I mean, all spells, all like manifestations come back. That's the bottom line. Do we deserve, do you feel you deserve it? Um, so healing that is, is um, always what's underneath so that you can receive. You can't receive get- something if you don't think you deserve it. And letting the whole process be fun, like a process Mm -hmm. of experimentation as much as possible, that lightness can really help with it too. Like, oh, I cast a spell. I can't wait to see what happens. Like, how is this going to all unfold? Let me just get excited about seeing how it's all going to unfold. Like that's a really, that joyful expectation and the letting go of how it's going to come to you. That's a, I mean, that's a really fun part about magic. Yeah. Like I did the love spell. Let's see who I meet. And yeah, and manifestation in general. It's like the excitement. Yeah. Yeah. The excitement of 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 
the even the in between can be really fun. Like, uh huh. Yeah, letting it all be happen? fun is really great. Yeah. So, um, in conclusion, baby uh-huh. rich subreddit. We love you. Those were great questions. Yeah, those were really great questions. Fun to answer. Ask more. We'll love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now it's time for the energy report. It went up that time, even though it was a little I bit minor. It. That was okay. a good one. Oh, okay. I think you like it when I go up. I think I do, too. Yeah. Because it, it feels, but, I don't know. More energetic. Yeah. For me, I don't like to go up. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> no pressure. I mean, I, I don't mean, know why you're doing it then. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the same reason you like it, I felt like it in, inducted some energy into it. Oh, like I pressured you to No, do no, it? not you. I'm saying the same reason you like oh. when I go up is the same reason I did it up because I feel like it added energy to oh, it. Oh, okay. Even but though it's just you don't singing prefer wise. it personally. Well, singing-wise, then I have to go up and I don't like to. Anyway, the energy report, <laughs> if it's your first time listening, is when I talk about the energy trend that I'm feeling into for the week and also um, based on clients that I've seen the week before, just feeling into all of that energy and in myself as well. So, um you know, this week, as I alluded to earlier, is the start of Mercury retrograde. It's the first week of Mercury retrograde. And something um, I just co-hosted a, or co-taught a Mercury retrograde um, webinar um, last week, which is still available if anybody would like it for the whole. It's really helpful for the whole three week and then the couple week shadow period afterwards. Um um, it, yeah, that's that's around. But one thing that Britain talked about, which I hadn't realized before and really resonates with me about Mercury retrograde is that it really brings up um, old patterns of stories, like how you used to look at how like old stories you tell yourself that aren't serving you anymore. Because it gives you the opportunity to rewrite them. Yeah. 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 And also a lot of times it's like, kind of heavy like it can be like karmic stuff or like patterns in your family and from Mm -hmm. your childhood that aren't serving you um that that are coming up yeah to be reviewed because that's part of what mercury retrograde is is reviewing i always had thought of it in terms of um you know tech things breaking down or like you know your car whatever but no it makes a lot of sense to me because it's old mental which mercury is like Like communication with yourself that's right yeah and yeah how do you talk to yourself when things are against the flow or what Mm -hmm. patterns do you usually resort to when things aren't going your way that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um and so it can feel kind of heavy if it's like oh wow this whole old pattern on how i talk to myself in this certain way is coming up now <laughs> yeah. Um and especially with it being an Aquarius which is an air sign, a mentally focused sign. It can really be hard to switch out, out of the head and into releasing the pattern, you know, being in the present moment. It seems like Aquarius would also though put maybe uh like it might be easier in certain ways with Aquarius, I would think, because mm. Aquarius is so open-minded to new ways of seeing things or thinking about things. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. The problem is that if it's like 
you're if you're already stuck in your head, it's hard to find that mental clarity mm. um, if you're muddied in your head. Oh, okay. Um, it can be if you get out of your head and into your body, breathe, you know, practicing self-compassion, um, m- moving out. And then you can get those, like you said, those ideas like, oh, okay, this is a good way for me. This is a new way for me to look at it. That's mm-hmm. true. I like that's a positive way of looking at it. But if you're all, the problem is it's like the mental, mental, um, it can feel too, the Mercury and the Aquarius, it can feel um, hard to do that. So one thing that my guides have been showing me as a tool for doing this, it's pretty interesting what's been happening with my guides, as I talked about before, um, the ones that are from the galaxy, you know. Um, <laughs> the galaxy been, that will not be named. That sh- Yeah, that shall not be named <laughs> just because I haven't asked. And <laughs> you I should ask. Care. I wonder yeah. whether, but it's called. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, so one thing they've been working on, with me specifically, and I did get the information from them that it would be good in general collectively, is the heart actually working with clearing out old stuff from the heart. Um, They have been like literally opening it up for me energetically and filling it with light and clearing out old. It feels to me like old patterns, old stories that really aren't serving me anymore. Mm. But that have been lodged in the heart. Mm. Um, and so I wanted to combine for other people, since they aren't working with my Galaxian guides, <laughs> a way to do this on their own. And um, what I am seeing is um, using the vacuum technique. So um, we actually talked about this a lot in our manifestation class. Um and it, I was like, this feels like a theme in general for everybody, not just this class, because it did keep coming up in the class. I'm just moving this. Um, um, that, no, I'm moving it back. Okay. Don't worry about it. Um, so, um, <laughs> um, so what you want to do is imagine that you have like a gold vacuum and you put it at the base of your spine and just feel it like, um, vacuuming up any energy that isn't yours, any energy that doesn't serve you, any of that. And then explode that vacuum outside of your space. Then also puts, and then, okay, then put some um, gold into your heart chakra, gold light specifically into your heart chakra, and let it kind of clear out. And then also do the vacuum specifically in your heart chakra. So just feel the vacuum clear out all the energy in your heart chakra that you don't want. Explode it again outside of your aura, which is about 18 inches around you. Um, And then bring in light in all the places. So bring in light to fill up anything that that was left. But it does feel good to like do your whole space, but then also do a little bit of extra on your heart chakra and also just imagine any core old cords there that don't belong there just see them releasing anything that you don't want just vacuum it up and explode it and release it so that's my recommendation I love it yeah I can feel I mean I always feel the 
the alchemical energy of the heart, how so much can transform there, mm, you know? Yeah. Like how you talked about bringing, I mean, I can feel the energy center as being such bright light, so powerful. And then I love when you talked about bringing, gre- or bringing shame into the heart to mm-hmm. transform it and breathing into it. But I really connected with that as part of my meditation today, like how powerful the heart chakra is. So it must be, I must be picking up on that too. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, because they keep working with me there. I mean, I do often recommend any feelings that you're having um, around shame or or sadness, anything, just opening your heart and putting it in there. Because I, yeah, I agree. It is very... um, transformative to do that but I also feel there's like old stuff in there still Mm -hmm. like and I'm talking like past lives old just energy that's like oh no I'm ready to move Mm -hmm. on completely out of this space right like guilt yeah yeah. just and and also just old patterning around when you say guilt what I feel is like old patterning around how you even got the guilt in the first place, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like how people conditioned each other on receiving guilt. Like you should feel guilty because X, Y, Z. Right. That whole pattern. You're a human, you're a sinful human or some kind of old story like that. Yeah. yeah. Or you should be responsible for me. So you should do X, mm-hmm. Y, Z, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's like, no, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think I'll do an Akashic clearing on myself this week. Seems like that'd be a good. Okay. You're ready for it in the heart area? Yep. That sounds good. Okay. Now it's time for practical magic. So as I mentioned, it's in bulk. And if you're not listening to this on Monday, it's in bulk week. The energy is still in effect. So This is the point at the wheel of the year that is halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox, unless you're in the southern hemisphere, in which case it is um, Lunasa. Oh, Lunasa. Lunasa, Lamas, yeah, which is uh, halfway between the summer solstice and the fall equinox. So Mm. if it's in bulk... For those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, this is like an early time when you start to feel spring coming. Like you start to sense the days getting longer. Like it's still where I am. We still have winter for a while. But I did hear birds singing yesterday. Mm. That kind of like, oh, yeah, it's coming. Spring's coming. You can feel Mm. that. So there's one goddess. This is an interesting uh, Sabbath because I feel like this is the Sabbath that more than any of the other ones that's aligned with one divinity. And Mm. that divinity is the goddess Breed, the great goddess Breed, Celtic goddess. So I'm going to read to you just a few things from Encyclopedia of Spirits by Judica Isles about Breed. Because that's my advice for us this week is if you feel inspired to... To connect with this goddess. She's a goddess of everything cool. She's <laughs> the goddess yeah. of nice. poetry, music, healing, divination, purification, education, wisdom, birth. Like, it, And she's wow. the maiden, mother, and crone. She's wow. all three. She's a triple goddess. Wow. And she's associated with both water and fire. It's wow. really purifying. Yeah, she's just really, really cool. 
Wow. While I'm talking about her, are you tapping in to how like almost angelic, I, almost an angelic oh, vibration? I like that. Uh, no, I was more in my head thinking about <laughs> how can she be everything? Yeah, she is. Just She's wrapping everything. my brain around that. <laughs> so <laughs> here are some of the things from Judica Isles Encyclopedia of Spirits. And and some people call her Bridget, just so you know. Um, oh, okay. This is the uh, like uh, the pronunciation that feels right to me. But Bridget mm-hmm. is great. Um, breed may appear in any phase of womanhood, maiden, matron, or crone. She manifests as I like this. She manifests as a column of fire, or as a woman with a pillar of fire emerging from her head. Breed also may manifest in the form of a snake. Oh. Then <laughs> All right. um, it also says th- there are many. There's This is a very long entry. I'm not reading everything from it. But okay. um, the time that's associated with Breed in bulk, celebrated on February 1st, is the Festival of New Beginnings and Breed's birthday. Breed is also venerated in other parts of the Celtic world on February 13th. She's an Aquarius. <coughs> Boy, lost my voice there. She's oh, she's an Aquarius. An Aquarius. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Poetry music like Mm. wisdom Mm. and transformation yeah totally Mm. and so then places associated with breed breed possesses an ancient temple with an eternal flame and a miraculous healing well at kildare some scholars speculate that it was originally a snake shrine it was later transformed into a convent where nuns maintained her perpetual flame so she also transformed into St. Bridget, the Catholic saint. So she is a shapeshifter. She was able mm. to stay relevant when things changed. What can't she do? Yeah, she's just really, uh, she, and she has red hair. She just like has this very high vibration purifying energy. So you could create an altar to her. You could light her mm. a white candle. Um you could, I, I feel like cauldrons, I mean, I know that cauldrons are associated with her. So if you have a cauldron, you could put a candle in it. You could put water in it. You could do a purification ritual. You could decide to learn more about her. That's my yeah. idea for practical magic for this Right. I like it. Even love it. Thanks. Um, before COVID, would you have had a little meet up with your coven? Oh, yeah. Bulk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's sad to not have any of these coven meetups. I know. Well, they'll be back. Yeah. Hopefully by, or at least after the summer. Maybe solstice. Yeah, that'd be nice. Seems a little early, but. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's do our housekeeping before we pick our cards. Okay. You want to start? Sure. So you can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com. You can ask us a question on there. Um, You can find the show notes on there of anything we've talked about. Um, You can also find us at Magic Monday. Oh, and you can sign up for our newsletter, which is fun, I think. Yeah, we send now we're sending it every Monday with pictures of the cards that we draw. So you can see those cards if you sign up for our newsletter, which is free. Yeah, it's free totes free um you can also find us at magic monday podcast listeners it's a facebook group um and then also magic monday pod just the regular uh situation (laughs) yeah facebook page and on instagram at magic monday podcast 
And you can find me at highestlighthealing.com. You can schedule a session with me there or look at some of the classes. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Highest Light Healing. And I'm also on Facebook, although I always forget to post there when I post on Instagram. But, you know, I'm there. And you can find me at TessWhitehurst.com, which is where you can find a lot of uh, free meditations and spells and rituals and magical inspiration. And you can sign up for my newsletter there also. And you can find me on Instagram at Tess4444, on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author, on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst, and on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. All right. I just had to grab a deck. So what are you drawing from today? Well, I just grabbed the first deck I saw, which was the Mystical Shaman Oracle card deck. Nice. Oh, it's a Colette Baron Reed collab. <laughs> I like how you're surprised by that. <laughs> I am. Well, she was the middle name in there. <laughs> and there, she's surrounded by two other names. Alberto, I don't know how to say his name, Vilodo. Vilodo. Yeah, I've heard of that guy. Yeah? He's a shaman. Mm -hmm. Oh. And Marcella Lobos. I don't know why I'm giving everyone accents. <laughs> Probably because I'm Cause in you're preparation. Your yeah. Mm -hmm. But I've switched to Italian. <laughs> I actually, um, <laughs> you know, my mother used to speak Italian. Oh, she did? Oh, yeah. She lived, she fancied herself an Italian. And when I went to Rome one time um, and with, this um with the next boyfriend and his friend was there and I would suddenly remember the things she used to say to me in Italian and he was like your mother she was a terrible person <laughs> <laughs> or she is she said she is because you knew like, the what? phrases but you didn't know what they meant well I knew they were just like all criticizing Aww. I did know what they were. They weren't really criticizing. They were just nagging me. Mm. And I, do you know why I really, I just got why he said that really. Because it did confuse me. Because they were just nagging things. But I think it's because I literally was using her energy and her tone. Oh. And he picked up on that. Interesting. Isn't it? And because he said, sitting here with you, it's like I'm sitting with a Roman. Because she did have a really good accent. Oh. And I was just imitating her. Because she'd say, like, uh, which meant take your hands out of your mouth. Take your <laughs> Did you put your hands in your mouth? I used to, like, bite my nails a lot. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, spegna la luce. That was just turn on the light, I think. Mm. Or turn off the light. I don't know. Anyway, the point is, apparently, I had a good accent. Oh. That's what we can take away. That's the takeaway. I guess my dad spoke Italian when he was very little because oh. his grandparents did and he spent so much time with them, but not anymore. Okay, I, I am choosing from my Cosmic Dancer Oracle that I wrote. And sure I drew this card, Practice Daily. It's, um, oh. it's a real beautiful mandala around a woman doing yoga. And it says, some days it's easy to show up and do the work you need to do. Other days you feel less inspired. This must not halt your quest to create momentum for yourself. You are now lovingly guided to honor your values and desires. Commit to methodically moving toward your goals every day. Sometimes small steps 
such as taking a few moments to meditate, journal, chant, pray, or say affirmations can help keep your mind and spirit focused on your divine calling and treasured intentions. So there's more here, but I think this message is, it's really good for Mercury retrograde, I think, because when we can um, keep things simple, like mm-hmm. just really pay attention, double check things, and but feel like you don't have to do it all at once. Like if you if it feels like really hard to move forward on your goal or even on your spiritual practice, like, oh, I don't feel like meditating or I don't feel like working on my project today or whatever it is, you can do a little bit. And remember that just doing little bits at a time is still moving forward. It's still creating momentum. So whatever, even if it's like cleaning your house, like something you know you need to do, but you don't feel like doing it, do a little bit at a time and don't feel like you have to do it all at once and pay as much as you can come into the present moment with these little bits of things that you're doing, you know, I I think it's good to remember too. like, it's not, you don't have to always be focusing on getting things done. We can also focus on just being present and, and doing like taking a small step. Boy, that's a real lesson this week. I feel like I, yeah, that's the second time I've heard that. And also I feel like you like, that that was something from not you I don't know I said you in from the manifestation class that we were also oh, right, talking yeah. about like mm-hmm. it's okay wherever you are is perfect and yeah you just, don't have like, to like read the whole things. book at once you could read yeah. a little bit of this book and then tomorrow read a little more you know yeah and one thing that I have I heard a little while ago and I keep thinking about is that it's there is no really against the flow you're all part of the flow even if you're feeling like uh things aren't going how I like that's still part of your flow so that's something for you to learn and just like maybe that's your time to learn about self-compassion you know maybe that's a it's feeling quote-unquote against the flow because now's the time where you need to slow down and learn that there's times for slowing down or whatever it is so um, I feel like it's empowering to realize, like, you're always where you're supposed to be. You're, it's not against the flow. Yeah, okay. especially during Mercury retrograde. Yeah. Um, I picked the Luminous Warrior, which is a pretty cool-looking card. Um, it was reversed, so it means, are you being tempted by your emotions to follow your lower instincts? Are you being invited to enter into a quarrel with someone? Put your sword away. This is not the time for battle. Your enemy is not who you think it is. Do not act from a place of anger that will damage your relationships and hurt the ones you care for. Find the truth hiding in your heart that will affirm your instinct for peace rather than war. This also Uh. feels like real Merc. Why did you make that face? Oh, I just meant it felt good. Like, that feels oh, nice. Yeah. It does, right? Yeah. yeah. It also feels real Mercury retrograde. Like, even if this is with yourself, like, are you being invited to quarrel with yourself? Like, yeah. just no. Just slow down. Give yourself compassion. Put your hand on your heart. May I be kind to myself? Or even if it is with somebody else, just it feels really right, this kind of slowing down mm-hmm. energy. Would you agree? Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We love you. We love you. Blessed in bulk.
happy in bulk. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs>